I keep touching my face, and I'm not supposed to You're not supposed, supposed to, to do that. I can't stop it. All right, so everyone, you're going to wash your hands for the entire duration of this podcast. That's the CDC recommended time to wash your hands. Jesus. Oh, my God. That'd be so long. You'd be <laughs> so pruney. Um, the world's on fire, David. <laughs> Ethan. Hi. Do you know what we're doing this this in this episode? Yep. What are we? What are we doing? You, do you want me to tell you, or do you want? Do you want to tell me? This is this is rough. We have all right. So here's some context. Um, as I'm sure everyone is, we are self isolating, self quarantining, uh, and we have slowly started to lose our minds doing so. <laughs> so we came up with a really convoluted bracket um, <laughs> to to talk about movies. So we're gonna do that. But here's also the real thing: is like we were like months ago, like. Well, we already know what we're going to do in March. We're going to do, like, a March Madness bracket, because it's March Madness. But now... Uh, now it's just the, our madness. <laughs> there is no March Madness bracket. Just There's not no March remove Madness the March. Tournament. Just madness. World's gone. Yeah. Ups, upsy-daisy, topsy-turny, whoopee. Ah! That's how I feel. <laughs> so, we are doing a... a uh, I'm so a, out of my mind, David. I don't know what to do. <laughs> That's okay. We are doing a best of the decade uh, March Madness bracket, but we will get to the specifics of that a little bit later. Before we get there, Ethan, let's hop into our first impressions. Wait, David, even with all this time to remember about the introduction song where we've been at home, we still forget about it. Ah, it's sneaking up behind me! Ah! From deep within the great lakes of the internet live Two men buried under bad movies and popcorn Try their best to survive How long could that possibly last? Find out as you join Ethan and David In this episode of Feature Cast Oh, I really pulled a sneaky on me there Just kinda But you you reacted very, very smoothly to that That was nice Did I? (laughs) Yeah um, that scared me though. <laughs> My name's Ethan. I'm the host. <laughs> I'm David. I'm the other host. Oh um, nope. Just David's my special guest. You ever like my little try to special go boy? Your earlobe, and then you realize like it's being covered by this microphone thing, and then you're like, oh shit. Nope. Okay. Well, Ethan, what's the first impression? <laughs> if, uh, what is it or? Like, what's what it? is no, no, what I mean, should we intro the first impression? Or you think people know by episode like 27? Hey, listen, I think if anyone's gonna jump in and listen to us for the first time, it's this month. This is episode 28, by the way, not 27. <laughs> Small redaction to the record. <laughs> There's been a redundancy. <laughs> uh, a first impression is a movie we done seen for the first time. Usually it's new release movies, but since movies aren't getting released, uh, more on that in a mini episode later oh, on. Uh, <laughs> some of these still are because I mean we do it for a whole month, so we've had some time to watch some movies. Um, I still, you know, have ways to break into a in a into a movie theater and <laughs> sneakily watch movies on there. I was side note so disappointed that uh, we didn't actually get sent the content for A Quiet Place Two because I a hundred percent would have watched it and no one else in the world would have totally. gotten to, and it would have been beautiful. That'd be pretty cool. Would have been um, didn't happen. One little addition though to this is. Within the time we have recorded our like, uh, uh, our mini episodes for 
for the month of April, and now they've started actually releasing the like the first round of movies straight to VOD that otherwise would be in theaters. So like we've got an Onward, uh, Invisible Man, Emma, and The Hunt. Yeah, you can rent Emma. For nineteen dollars yeah. and ninety nine cents, which is it's pretty cool, pretty crazy, pretty cool. Uh, I believe one of those was up for sale, though. Like you could buy it for the same price for nineteen ninety nine. Interesting. So I'm curious if if the rentals for ninety nine also will be a purchase once it actually gets like released to be purchased. I I don't I don't know. One of those movies I actually saw in a movie theater. For the same price that for a list Much that cheaper. I pay for twenty dollars a whole month, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And if, like, I'm assuming we'll start to get more things. We also did see Netflix buy The Lovebirds, which was supposed to get Sick. released in theaters. Sick, so cool. So, so cool. I'm curious if more movies are gonna do something like that and try to get one of the bigger streaming services to buy them. Uh, Ethan, do you want to kick it off though for your first impression? Close your eyes, I can't see him. Where's he been, this man? This man, this non-visible man. I saw the invisible man. Jesus fucking what the hell? What? <laughs> that intro. So the not this... visible man. That is a much more catchy title. The, the not, not visible man. <laughs> the not visible man. So this this is a uh, horror film. Kind of a horror thriller. I, I feel like it's definitely more thriller than horror. It's got horror elements. It, it it is trying it it is advertising itself more as a horror movie, but oh, I would totally, say that yeah. in practice it probably is more thriller. I think you're right on that, David. As you are on wow. many a thing, um, except your <laughs> views can we, on. Can, can I get that audio Inside snippet Out. and just like put that? Oh, you fucking <laughs> greasy bastard! So the Invisible Man, uh, same director as Upgrade. Ooh, what a um, sneaky movie from what two years ago? Yeah, I I still haven't seen it. So, <laughs> oh my god! So I actually kind of went in this blind. Day. I didn't I didn't really know much about the director. Yeah. I yeah. knew that there was another movie he did that David was a big fan of. Um, but my main pull to this movie was I'd been hearing that it's a, a really solid thriller, and especially that uh, Elizabeth Moss is very good in it. She is fantastic in it. Yes, she is. I really liked this. I think it is a. Uh, fairly robust, if not sometimes a little predictable, uh, bottom line thriller. Um, and I, that sounds sounds like like I don't like it. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I I just don't want to get people's expectations too high. It is, it is a really, really solid, um, well-made film. Uh, Most of that is carried on the back of Elizabeth Moss. Although the camera doesn't just linger, you know, it, it like it yeah. really it puts its work. That camera is working. Um, I totally agree. I think that I think this is one of those like one of those sweet movies where if you go in with no expectations, you're going to be so pleasantly surprised that it's actually a very good movie. But if you go in with all the hype that's been built around it, because there is, there I mean at least was a lot of talk around about it like the first week it came out, it might get a little overhyped, and then you could probably be pretty disappointed one one thing that i've mentioned to you in the past david that i think uh horror-esque films do really well is when they have the actual horrifying thing be a stand-in for something else um so in in this case why i think it succeeds is it's not just oh he's a spooky man i can't see that well um, the stand-in is actually like gaslighting and emotional manipulation and control over a relationship and that's what stands in, and that's what that fear actually comes from. Um, so I, I think it, you know, it does that really well. I think it gets a little shaky 
in the you know the the end of second act leading into third act it's a little shaky there um but i think it kind of redeems itself by the end yeah there's a few sloppy points i honestly feel like throughout the entire film that you can nitpick i know i i talked to you about that a while ago uh when you first saw it but but it's i I still really enjoyed the movie i saw a movie whoa (laughs) how about that (laughs) ethan i hope you're sitting down because i saw a movie I'm, not, I'm doing a handstand right now. Is that not how you record the podcast? Is that just me? Is that the second handstand recording joke that you made? Is that like I feel like you've made a joke about how the, the It's not a joke, the, that's that's how I record, dude. <laughs> um I saw The Way Back. This is a movie that we referenced in our Ben Affleck minisode, mm-hmm. uh, which I had not seen this since then. And now I know you I have about this. I have. Uh, I thought that this had a chance to break into my top for Ben Affleck films. After seeing it, I think it would fall a little short. This is probably somewhere between 7 to 10. Mm, and he was uh, sad on a basketball. A, I just He was you, sad on the a basketball. No, I don't want to see the man get sad on his basketball. I feel like when you say sad on a basketball or tears on a basketball, it's underplaying this movie that actually covers off on some serious topics like Addiction, uh, self harm. Mm-hmm. Uh, His big alcoholism. slippery basketball from all the Jim Bean and, I the, hate you. and the tears. God, it's not regulation. He can't play with that legally. Uh, so it's too slippery. It follow, It follows Ben Affleck, who used to be a star <laughs> basketball player, uh, and then he, you know, stopped playing basketball. He became a alcoholic. Started working in construction. Uh, very similar to his character. That you could see being like the future of his character from Goodwill Hunting, mm. if that person was good at basketball, which I don't think he was. Actually, I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure there's a scene where he David, I think that's shoot. the part of the review we should spend the most time in. <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep thinking about it this entire time. Um, but he starts coaching for a local school, the school that he went to. School for I feel like I said school so many times right there. Double down, say uh, it more. One take, David Getty. <laughs> no, um, and and he he tries to coach this team to at least win a game because when he comes in, they are a complete bunch of losers. Uh, it f- it follows your typical kind of underdog sports story for a fair bit of the film, but then towards the last like fifth like it they jam a lot into that last that last little part uh it it kind of takes some turns that you don't typically see which i really enjoyed i like this movie a lot this formula when done well because it's i feel like it's pretty simple to do this kind of story well is at least like enjoyable to watch and you really do get a good performance by ben affleck Mm -hmm. and gavin o'connor although you may say He's the director of The Accountant. Also is the director of Warrior, which is one of the best sports movies we've gotten in the last 15 years. So, so there. So Nick there. Nick Nolte was crying on they some fucking me. coins in that movie. Um, have you seen Warrior? You have, nope. right? No. Really I've good. seen The Accountant. Not, not, not a really good movie. No. Had a decent trailer. Uh, <laughs> sure. Yep. Ethan, what do you? What else do you see? I have you seen? Saw the bare necessity, not the simple bare necessities. Jesus, forget about fuck. your worries and your strife, but just the bare necessity. Uh, this is a French film, and oh boy, is it French, David! This is the Frenchiest French French 
film I've done seen since uh, uh, Dipping Into Some Jean, Jean Le Godard. Uh, you know. I guess so. Sure. So it's... <laughs> we start off with a woman in a car with a whole bunch of boxes full of books. And she's kind of writing in a book. Uh, and then a naked man comes up. And she's like, what the hey? What's this guy doing? Uh, and the naked man steals her, her shit. He steals the car, drives her away. actual shit? Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> what does he do with it? He this? stole the poo-poo right underneath me. <laughs> Jeez. So then she goes into town. She reports it to uh, uh, a police officer. Uh, he's kind of our, our main focus, right? Uh, and she's, she's an eccentric, quirky girl. Um, he's a disenchanted, Just like me. uh, romantic cop who's, you know, whose mother does, uh, does a radio talk show about love, uh, and it just kind of goes from there. There's also things like, uh, there's a, there's a war reenactment going on, so, like, they have to figure out where the, where to park the tank, because it's, like, blocking roads, and it's very French. Um, what the fuck? Throughout is this it, movie? throughout Where it, the, the man this? realizes uh, that he he does actually, you know, want to to be in love and focus on himself and you know put put him as the focus and enjoy things uh, and you know catch all these dang nudists. <laughs> but it's done very slow and simply. It, 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 it's a it's a pretty decent romantic uh, comedy. Um, not anything people need to run out and see, but it was very French. <laughs> is the is the official title of this Perdri? Yes. Perdri? Did I say that right? I don't know. I thought you. Oh, I thought you spoke French. Uh, I took French in high school, but that doesn't mean I speak French. <laughs> God, I've barely held on to conversationalist French. Uh, a fun fact: no. I took Spanish one. <laughs> Three times in high school. That's sick. Got into Spanish two senior year. Mm-hmm. Walked into class. They were like, "I hope you remembered everything's from Spanish one." And I was like, "I'm out of this class." And then I dropped it. Um, dude, no, nah, I don't know Spanish. Very bad with foreign language. Yeah, you, very bad with language. You can tell this is a French movie because the description says, "Enjoying an enchanted though restless existence." <laughs> <laughs> um. But you liked it? You had, you had fun with it? Oh, it was pretty good. I mean, it, it's not you, one that I will revisit, but it would you was recommend. Fun. I is think it worth a single viewing. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, it, obviously, there hundred percent. Well, no, I mean, like, <laughs> it, it's it's a it's a nice, fine little film. What's your next movie? The Hunt. <sighs> uh, the most talked about movie apparently of the year, according to the poster. <laughs> it was the I most talked about movie. That. I feel like this was only in the news cycle for like four days, and then it was just like, "Hey, this movie's." Now, I think like, four days out. is generous. I like. I know there was definitely some talk about this movie. A little bit of chatter, then, like, some chit chat. But then, like, I, you see the trailer, and it's like the most talked about movie of the year that hasn't even come out yet. Yeah, it's like, Parasite was definitely more talked really? about. <laughs> for sure, uh, this movie follows twelve strangers who wake up in the mi- middle of a clearing. I guess you could say in the in the middle of the woods. And find out that they are being hunted by some, would you call them? Neoliberals. Neoliberals? <laughs> um, and, yeah, this movie's honestly pretty fucking awesome. I don't know if I want to say pretty awesome. I want to say pretty fun. This is a really fun movie that, that knows what it's doing, leans into it, and kind of finds fun ways to to subvert your expectations of what the film's actually going to be. 
I think I think it 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 is a very thin tightrope that it walks for the, those comedies in terms of poking at you know two extreme versions of the political spectrum, right? So you have your your elitist neoliberals, and then you have your gun toting uh, conspiracy theory uh, conservatives on the other side, right? And I think there's a lot of points where people, most people, will fall off for those tightrope. I mean. <sighs> This is not. But I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. I'm. I'm not going to send everyone. I this hung movie. a hammock like, on that tightrope. Did a little nap. Like I feel like I don't know why I keep just feeling this connection, but I feel like if you enjoyed uh, Ready or Not from last year, you're probably going to have a pretty good time with this movie. Uh, really, really cool performance from Betty Gilpin. Gilpin. I don't know how to say her last name, but I and I don't even know what I've seen her in before. And also, Hilary Swank is a pretty awesome villain in this movie big ups to glenn howerton always fantastic yep i you loved him in this movie i really enjoyed um him. and there's a pig uh, so you know go see the movie yeah there's a fucking pig in this movie pig's a fucking warrior honestly <laughs> uh and really really fun uh tears of the sun uh reference yep uh, a really fun uh uh animal farm reference uh, he, he, that also true yes um, no, I, I liked it quite just, a bit, though. It's just like one of those, like, hyper-violent, I wouldn't say horror movies. It's definitely not a horror movie, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, where it's just like More gore-fest. So, yeah, it's, a, it's just so ramped up, where it's just like, if this is your type of thing, you're probably going to have a lot of fun with it. And I, it's just, it's, it's a nice movie to hit the, the first half of the year. Yeah, the, the first, kind of, the first half of this movie is so bold and brazen in its, like, approach to how it's going to tell the story uh, that it hooked me that e- even the weaker parts of the rest of the film, like, I I was able to kind of mull over because, like, the, one of their narrative approaches uh, is just, I, I found super refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, pretty Pretty nice little surprise. Of a film. Yeah, Ethan, what's your uh, final first impressione? This uh, is a film. <laughs> wow, that's a fucking I, intro. I don't know what I was planning. Did you just did you break ever, midway you through ever, that? Do you ever just start a sentence and then you just kind of see where it goes, you know? All the time. Literally this entire podcast. <laughs> every episode. I start saying words and then I'm like, let's see where this goes. Verily um, good, sir. I did Adventure Onward to... Oh, shit, I said the title already. I watched Onward. I was going to do it like a really theatrical. Oh, that would have been pretty cool. Would have been uh, sick if about- I did it. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, you didn't. Tell me about Onward. Onward is actually really delightful. I liked this a lot. This is the latest uh, Disney Pixar film. Um, it is following uh, two young boys on an amazing epic quest... Just give their dad a torso. Um, it <laughs> <laughs> that's such a weird way to explain it, but it's also so, extremely <laughs> accurate. It's a, it's a fantasy adventure comedy. Um, it kind of takes modern suburbia and mixes it with those kind of high fantasy um, elements. So it, it, your main two characters are two uh, elves um, that are just in high school, and you know their their dad was an accountant. Their mom does yoga, uh, but they also have, like, unicorns digging through their trash uh, as this, you know, this world's raccoon. Um, 
So it kind of plays into a lot of those kind of fun uh, tropes with it. It is heavily uh, influenced by Dungeons and Dragons and other RPGs of the sort, which I, of course, grew up with and have a strong connection with. So a lot of that kind of familiarity uh, and and the references therein really landed for me. I also really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. I was so pleasantly surprised. I thought it was going to be a little bit more straightforward of a story, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's able to kind of subvert some expectations. God, I'm saying that so much in this episode. Uh, at the end, though, where I really, I really think it doesn't it really it lands better with what it does than what I originally thought it was going to do. But yeah, also it, you can just tell like they're having so much fun with this entire world that they're creating in mm-hmm. all the. All the different little pieces that they're you have you have Tom Holland it. and Chris Pratt as your as your main two characters. Love it, love it. I think this is love it, love it, number, love it. <laughs> this is both of our number ones right now of right? the year. Yes, currently. Which like it's still fairly early, and I honestly feel like I haven't seen many movies this year. David, what? If, no? Whoa, 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 David. Coming in hot with that, uh, that, that, your, yo, whoa, get the landing boys out here. We gotta, he's coming in hot. He's telling us his final impressions for the first impressions segment. Oh, he's coming in hot. Get him a towel. And a Capri Sun. It's always the movies that, that cover off on like a depressing topic. Oh, man. The biggest (laughs) intro from you. How does that happen? I I don't know. You just nail it every time. I think Uh, I just, I I get a sense that like, oh, it's going to be rocky. I need to turn it up. <laughs> so I saw the 2014 short, Life After Pi, which is a documentary short that covers off on uh, the Rhythm and Hues studio after they won the Oscar for Best Visual Effects for Life of Pi, where they were also nominated for a second Oscar for Best Visual Effects for uh, the Snow White and the Huntsman mm. movie. I believe that's the one. Uh, Just as visually it, impressive. It, and it follows them... Winning all of those accolades, but also two weeks after declaring bankruptcy, and kind of covering off on the the tragic nature of the visual effects industry as a whole, and and how it works. It really breaks it down. It's a thirty minute documentary. You can watch it on YouTube right now, um, and it's fantastic. It I I knew that the whole visual effects industry was kind of I don't want to say in ruins, but the way that it works is so backwards and self-destructing and this movie just takes a real life example of a studio at the top of their games because i mean uh, life of pi obviously a visually spectacular movie um and even somebody at the top of the game like like that it's also simultaneously declaring for bankruptcy which is very sad um and it, it goes into like all like the different like uh you know tax safe zones that these companies will go to but then constantly countries and stuff will keep battling and 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 giving out better uh incentives for other companies to open up there and it's just this domino effect of of sadness for this industry so really good have you seen this because i feel like if you haven't i would so recommend this for you because i feel like you would love this yeah i'll I'll definitely check it out ethan do you know what time it is 9 7 p.m. on a Saturday. You're such a. It's the second. This is, you made the same joke like two days you ago. You do the same <laughs> intro every time. <laughs> I got I got to talk about a little movie today. Uh, I saw a little film, a little tiny movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do, I do. Uh, it's our backlog time. This is a Woo! special first impression Woo! where we. I 
I love the backlog. We, it's my favorite segment. Where we finally get a chance to watch a film that has been on our radar for a long time. It can be, it's more so typically an older film, but it can also be a new Classic film. or contemporary. And it kind of juggles them both. That does sound a lot better. Classic or contemporary instead of older or somewhat newer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Word choice. Can everyone. we tell uh, whose mother was an English teacher? It's me. <laughs> Ethan, give me your backlog. Let's let's hear what you saw. What, I what, saw, what I saw a list? movie I've been meaning to see for so long. And I, I part of the wow, reason you mean like it's on your backlog? Well, okay, okay. No, but it, I this is this is one that's <laughs> been on my backlog for like the longest. Like this was oh. on the backlog before Ooh. the backlog was a thing, right? Wow. Yeah. Um and part of the reason I didn't watch it is, uh, well, I, previously, I have now watched it, <laughs> was I was worried that it wasn't going to live up to my expectations for it. Mm. And that is Dr. Strangelove or oh. How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. The Stanley Kubrick uh, wartime uh, su- suspense comedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, not... I, I almost said absurdist comedy, but it's not quite there. Um, this is, you know, there there are kind of hints of... Uh, so, you're not familiar with Mel Brooks comedy, but I grew up on Mel Brooks comedy. There are kind of hints yep. of line deliveries like that. Uh, I could see Gene Wilder being in this film and fitting in perfectly um, in <laughs> terms of, like, the tone uh, and character of it. There, it, it's... the The basic plot is a... Uh, a admiral or captain or lieutenant um, somehow is able just through like a clerical error almost um, able to authorize an attack on Russia during the Cold War. Uh, little do they know, Russia has a doomsday device where if they are attacked, it annihilates the entire planet. Uh, and so you see kind of the... <laughs> clusterfuck that is everyone like I don't really want to die except one guy being like but we should die (laughs) um Peter Sellers is an actual chameleon in this film playing three different characters that I didn't even realize until the end um that he was three different characters uh George C. Scott is really good in it I also really liked um Peter Bull as the uh Russian ambassador um it's it's really, really good. The dialogue especially. So obviously there's a lot of uh, solid filmmaking. Some that does not hold up as well just in terms of the technology. Like there's uh, any shot of a plane kind of yeah. looks like hot yep. garbage. <laughs> but it's okay because a lot of the other stuff looks really good. Um, mm-hmm. So one of, the, one of the most famous lines that I had heard before and uh, it wasn't the line that really sold the movie for me. Uh, do you have a guess at what that line is, David? I do not. Uh, no. The the uh, gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Great line. But the one that yes. really stuck with me that I just I I did like Please a belly laugh. Like coke. it hurt. Is it the coke line. That one was really good. But I also love the. I'm sorry too, Dimitri. I'm very sorry. All right. You're sorrier <laughs> than I am, but I'm sorry as well. I'm I'm as sorry as you, Dimitri. Don't say that you're more sorry than I am, because I'm capable of being just as sorry as you are. So we're both sorry. All right. I was just that entire phone Fucking call <clears throat> killed me. Uh, the Coca-Cola line also really it's good. So good. Oh, it's I, this is like a really delightful film. 
Um, yeah. I thought Dr. Strangelove would have been a bigger part of it, but it kind of wasn't. Um, yeah. Even the title still slaps. Great title. Um, <laughs> I just, it was really good. Like, really, really good. I'm curious as to how this ranks in your Kubrick list. Mm. It doesn't feel like no. a lot of, like any other Kubrick film. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it is more so than any of them. It's like a straight comedy. You know? Whereas like there, yeah. are, there are moments of comedy in a lot of the other ones. But like, how do you compare this to Paths of Glory? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, no, I, I get it. It's he very diverse uh, filmography. No, I'm happy you watched this. Though. This is this is like one of the like the most recommended movie I I feel like I could have ever had for you because I knew you would love. Oh yeah, it, it was like tailored it for me. Seems, yeah. <laughs> hey David, what's that classical contemporary movie that you watch? If I give you the 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 lead character in this movie, mm. the character's name, you want you want to see if you can guess because I feel like it's a Pretty strong name, uh, Dixon Steele. Dixon Steele. That sounds really with familiar. Axe, with an X, D I X O N. I saw the nineteen fifty mystery neo, probably like more so neo noir, even though it. I think it's I just noir. Like like That's the thing. I'm pretty sure it's just noir at that point. Oh fuck! You probably probably. <laughs> uh, I saw the nineteen fifty <laughs> noir film. Even though I feel like it takes a, a, a different path, a path than most other noir films. Uh. And that is In a Lonely Place, a lonely starring place. the very famous Humphrey Bogart. Mm, I've heard of him. In a, yeah, which I feel like watching this movie, I feel like you can watch a lot of films in this era, and the acting is just a little bit different. Who, Humphrey Bogart? What uh, the fuck was that? Well, yeah, uh, is, this is, was is the it? time when all, all the male leads sounded the same and all the female leads sounded the exact same. And I feel like Humphrey Bogart in this film is actually Bogart. giving like a pretty fucking intense performance here. Uh, it follows. Humphrey Bogart. Uh, uh, nope. It follows. Uh, do you know this no. movie at all? Okay, so it follows Humphrey Bogart, who is a, a screenwriter. Sorry, I'm not sure that's how you pronounce the name. I'm pretty sure it's. And he. Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart. Bogart, uh, but, um, Jesus Christ, I don't even it's know start, what the I'm fuck I'm just waiting just for happened. it to start fucking you up. Uh, where uh, Humphrey Bogart uh, starts kind of getting into a romantic relationship with his neighbor, while also t- simultaneously being questioned by the police for his involvement in the murder of, from about... Uh, uh, oh, Jesus, I just completely fell over all those words. Uh, where he's being been questioned by the police. Where he's being questioned for his involvement by the police... Uh, for the murder and death of this girl who, whether or not he killed no, this female who was just at his house the night the night of her death. Mm. The night of she was murdered. The night of. Um, Better the title. The night of is actually, uh, that's an HBO series actually. Mm. Um, but no, the title's In a Lonely Place because. Also not a bad title. It's, I think it's a pretty good title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the his new romantic relationship with uh, Gloria Graham. Uh, she slowly starts getting hints that maybe he actually did kill this girl. And it kind of plays out that like that. It's more kind of psychological and everything because you kind of start to see the threads being s- sewn. Uh, as you can see him more so fitting the the role of a killer. Mm. Uh, Interesting. Pretty good. It's, there are 
definitely some scenes. Kind of like a uh, gone boy. There are. No, I don't know about that. Uh, gone there are definitely Bogert. Bo- no, Bogert. Nope. Nope. Um, Borgate. <laughs> there are definitely some like lines in this movie that, like, I know we're supposed to be not Frank. feeling great about Humphrey Bogart's Bogart. character, but like some of his lines in here, I'm like. Man, I don't know if that landed well in 1950, but like in 2020 light, I'm like, Jesus, what a fucking scumbag! Yikes! Like, <laughs> and like, I know he's supposed to be that kind of character, but even like, there's a few where I'm just like, yikes! Like, the fuck. Um, but it's, I, I like this film a lot. I thought it was very good. I, it's such a unique story because I feel like, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. It, it does stuff in the beginning of this movie where it sets up certain things and certain actions that you, like, can see, and it's those things that I kind of felt like I, or I hope so, would have been would have been referenced more at the end of the movie, because, like, somebody screams, and somebody sees somebody screaming something, but doesn't know the the actual uh, reason of the scream, and it's like, I, I wish they would have played around with that more. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for our first impressions and our backlog. We're going to be back in uh, uh, two snaps and a jiffy with our March Madness movie bracket. Cool. You like that? Yep, yeah, yeah, you fucking like that. Yeah, fucking like that. We have returned and we're ready for the bracket. For you, it was just a moment. It was only a crow's burp until you saw us again. <laughs> no, I, no, it was two snaps and a jiffy. You fucking idiot, <laughs> Ethan. What are we doing? What's our? What's our? What's the dealio with this March Madness? David, what year is it? Twenty. Twenty, the year of our Lord. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. It is the year of our Lord, twenty twenty. <laughs> uh, and that means we just got done with a whole dang old decade, uh, the twenty tens. And so we're gonna we're gonna go through uh, movies from the twenty tens. We decided to pick one film from each year, um, not our like our top film from each year, but just kind of ones not. that we really liked from that year. Um. That we just, you know, maybe don't get enough attention or think that, like, really, really shined that year and, and we want to give that kind of extra little shout for um, it. Because that's ten movies, the bracket's a little weird, but we're kind of explain that as we go. Uh, in the second round matchup, there's going to be two extra films that got thrown in. Uh, and then, then there's a three-way uh, fight uh, at wow. one point. It's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy complicated, David, but I'm into it. We had a lot of time to make this as convoluted as we possibly could. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> um, Should we list what all the films are going to be? No, no, no. no. I, think, I think part of the fun is going to be the reveal of that. So, Ethan, let's start with your 2019 and 2011. Yes, yes. So, the first round uh, it's only going to be facing off movies from our own list. Uh, so David made a list and I made a list. The first round, we're only facing off against our own movies. Obviously, David's still going to play a role in kind of deciding that, um, but it's going to get more complicated later on. So we're the the first <laughs> complicated and convoluted. Yes, yes, <laughs> our bread and butter. So our first matchup today is the 2011 film Tyrannosaur and the 2019 film Climax. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, what a pick! It really is. It's they're so tonally different. Yes. Ugh. So on one hand, you have a emotionally devastating, uh, yet kind of reined in story, uh, and on the other hand, you have a 
French extremist dance nightmare. So kind of, <laughs> you know. Fuck, I'm just trying to like... Do you know your pick on this one already? Mm-hmm. Don't say it. I'm trying to think because I really don't know. They they both have uh, uh, aggressive one-word titles. Yeah, yeah. Tyrannosaur. I think I'm going to go with Climax for my pick here. I think Climax is just so unique. And I mean, they're both pretty unique. But but just there are things in there that I, that I have not been able to get out of my actual fucking mind. Wow, it looks like Ethan is yours also Climax. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Climax is the one moving ahead. Um, I Obviously, I love both of these. Um, yeah. Tyrannosaur, I, I really wanted to see get a little bit of extra love, but Climax really, really wowed me. And I think about that film all the time. Yeah. The, like, the, like, just the fucking hair on fire scene. Yeah. Or, like, the, the kid being locked in and the mother banging on the door. Like, some of those things have not left me since I saw that last year, and I don't know if it will. Yeah. Uh, speaking, I, like, I did just see Tyrannosaur last night for the first time, so very good film, but... Not going to make it to the next round. Yep. Ethan, my first round, uh, I got Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass from 2010 and Uncut Gems from 2019. Wildly different films. <laughs> pretty pretty <laughs> There's different. There's a couple of these that the tonal difference is night and day. I, I think that Climax <laughs> and Tyrannosaur are, you know, that, that's a fair matchup. Definitely more similar. Um, than Kick-Ass and Uncut Gems? I really, yeah. Unless unless you're ranking this sl- slowly, mm, slowly, unless you're ranking this specifically on the amount of nosebleeds the main character has, in which case, Uncut Gems and Kickass yeah, might actually be pretty similar. So the reason I wanted to put these two movies on here because obviously, like Kickass is not my favorite film from 2010, but I feel like it's it laid the groundwork pretty early on for the R-rated superhero film or comic book film, and it's so it's still. Pretty high up there for, for uh, I don't know if I want to say that Christopher Mintz Plaza films. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. That's, <laughs> that's definitely accurate. Um, but Is I still feel like it's really f- please. No, I I don't fucking know. David. My pick is Uncut uh, Gems. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Uncut Gems here. Like Uncut Gems is such a fucking stellar film. Adam Sandler knocked out of the park. Move it on. Yeah. What if we just never disagree? <laughs> oh, yeah, All right, Ethan. What do we got for your uh, for your next match? The next one on my list is 2012's Wolf Children and 2017 The Death of Stalin. Two mm, wildly different films. Uh, Wolf Wolf Children is a anime film uh, about wolf children, <laughs> and The Death of Stalin is uh, is a live action film about the death of Stalin. Pretty pinpoint names for this <laughs> that, one. That is that is not a proper way to describe it, though. <laughs> um, you have a dark comedy, and then you have a kind of emotional coming of age story. It's really weird that you you introed the movies, and then you said what the movies were in the same order, and then you described them in reverse order. <laughs> so people could be thinking right now that the dark comedy is Wolf Children, and the coming of age story is the death of. Stalin, I will say Wolf Children which... is a good title for a dark comedy. Death of Stalin. I know. Buck Wild. Buck Wild title for a coming of age drama. <laughs> but it would be so good. Yeah, I'd watch you know it. I'd watch it. Um, uh, yeah. I think they're both good. Wolf Children, Ethan, let's be honest. The real reason I made this list is to just get more people to watch Wolf Children. Because <laughs> it's actually a really fucking good movie. Which, 
which I thought would be like, if you look at the title, if somebody tells you what the movie is, you'd be like, this is some weird shit. I'm not watching this. Uh, but it's really fucking good. It's it's heartbreaking, too. Um, but, yeah, Ethan, we can click that one to the next <laughs> round. It's definitely Death of Stalin. Moving, moving forward, on. 100%. Ethan, Ethan doesn't even say words in making these decisions. He just silently clicks. I move it over like, so David can see it, and the podcast never uh, knows who I pick. My 2011 pick is Cabin in the Woods. Um, a self-aware horror comedy film, and my 2012 pick is a, uh, based on true life events, uh, psychological torture film, Compliance. Uh, (laughs) Ethan, (laughs) you watched Compliance for the very first time for this bracket for the and, and cabin in the woods some, i watched both of these for the right, first time these are both your first time mm-hmm. holy shit i can't believe they're matching up um and i feel like you had i feel like you had some pretty strong reactions or maybe not since you only gave it a three star um to compliance but i feel like yeah i feel like you were saying you had some hot takes on this one let's let's hear what you had to say so compliance follows the true story of this person who called in to a fast food restaurant, I believe it was a McDonald's, mm-hmm. um, and and said that one of the employees there, very vaguely, had stolen from him, or not from him, from somebody, and that he was a police officer, and slowly tells the manager of the store to do more and more... Uh, Unspeakable things. Yes. Uh, it, it starts with first just searching her belongings, like her purse and her shoes, and then it goes on to... to some honestly some pretty terrible things what did you what did you think i think there is um so i like boundary pushing films i like films that can be you know extreme in in what they deal with um but there is a i think there's a big difference between a challenging film and an exploitative film and i think this one it felt more exploitative to me than just challenging and so it didn't really sit right for me. I, I don't think it's a badly made film. Um, but I don't know if it's a film that should have been made. Uh, in the same regards as there was a short film uh, last year? Maybe the year before? Uh, two years ago. There was a short film two years ago called Detainment. Uh, which was about a hmm. uh, really, really fun toddler murder. Um, and that just, it, it never felt like it needed to tell anything other than, like, it, it, it's one where the, the subject matter is horrifying enough that you can tell it just in an article. You don't need a movie to tell it. So here's my question to only to specifically like counter what you're saying. So child murder, if you ask anybody on the street is never good, Right. For the example you picked, right? Um, but something like this is so, I feel like, unbelievable that anybody in their right mind, if you told them that this was a real story, they would say, no, it's not. That that definitely did not happen. I mean, I knew about the story going into it. Did you actually? Uh, um, yeah, it's we learned about it in sociology. Um, oh, interesting. <laughs> fun day so, in I mean, class. This was, my, this was my introduction to this story, though, was this movie. And it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like if you would tell a, a normal person... Or any person like that. This is something that actually happened. They would just say that's not even possible. Nobody would go to these extremes. 
and I feel like it's almost a good like it's gonna it's 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 a shocking film. That's and that might be you part know. of it. Maybe me already knowing the extremes they go to meant me kind of dreading the build up to it, not being shocked by the payoff. I think knowing the events going into this film, like you did, is definitely going to change your opinion on this film. Because, like I said, I didn't, and I didn't know when each step was the last step. Right. And seeing how far it really goes is just like holy shit. On the other hand, um, you got Cabin you got in the Woods the fucking slaps. <laughs> um, I I love this movie. It's 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 just it's it's the sweetest surprise to this date probably for a theater experience for me because i had no idea what this movie was going to be when i went into it. i'm going to push cabin uh, in the woods and, forward if that's cool with you i feel like we've yeah, talked no, about I mean, this bracket a lot <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about compliance and i just wanted to like because i feel like that's probably i don't even know if it's the least known film on this list because there are definitely some, some i hadn't i hadn't actually heard of the film beforehand oh really yeah. interesting i knew the story um, just because i had already learned about it but um yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Cabin in the Woods moving forward I know we didn't talk yes. about it a lot We'll probably talk about it more uh, in the second round matchup it has <laughs> Just to kind of keep things moving Yeah dude, crack it, rip it, baby <laughs> I hate you <laughs> Alright, so my next bracket is The 2013 film Under the Skin uh, The Jonathan Glazer film Under the Skin uh, versus 2016 and Damien Chazelle's La La Land. Two wildly different movies. On one hand, yeah. you have a, uh, I would say, s- somber modern musical um, that kind of you know, it takes itself seriously. On the other hand, you have perhaps the most literal invasion of a body snatcher to date. Um, that is this kind of low-down and dirty... Uh, Kind of almost like it's like a secret, David. <laughs> and the secret is they're gonna turn you into Play-Doh. It looked more like one of those like things you hang from the ceilings at like a four-year-old's birthday party. You know, if that was like, all wrapped up. No, no, not a pinata. Like one of like the pieces of paper that just is like kind of crinkly. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This was your first. You you hadn't seen Under the Skin before this. Correct. I had not seen the entire thing of Under the Skin. I had seen, like, the first 25 minutes. Um, Thoughts? It's a it's a pretty interesting movie. Um, <laughs> I, we kind of already had a discussion about this. I feel like the first half is a pretty is, is pretty off-putting uh, because it's so cold. I would say intentionally so, of, though. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not saying that is, like, unintentional. Like, I... I know the filmmaker is very is very gifted. Um, I know you were a big fan of his short from last yes, year. Yes, The Fall. Yeah. Oh, so um, but th- it's so cold in everything that you see where it's just like, God, like, I, th- I, this is my theory for why I dropped it off the first time. I was like, if it's going to be like this for the rest of the movie, I don't know if I want to be there for it. As the movie continues, and in, in more of a structure to the film actually t- starts to be built. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that more. Seeing like her actually experience new things for the first time was awesome. Um, for me, it's like it's, a, an erotic annihilation. That's actually very... Yes. <laughs> wow. Um, completely agree. Now, La La Land, on the other hand, is... What a matchup, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's really... It's weird. Uh, is a musical masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It's... It's probably my favorite romance movie of the last 10 years. Honestly, the only reason I'm not saying it further is because, well, I don't know. It might be my favorite. Uh, the romance between Ryan Gosling and Emma 
Stone, just fucking spectacular. Uh, and also Damien Chazelle's direction is, I mean, the dude's just so, mm-hmm. so talented for how young he is. Uh, I love both of these also, pretty equally, yes. honestly. Um, hmm. I'd, I'd be okay with either one going forward. I'm going to leave it up to you. I have a feeling I know which one you're going to go for. I'm going with uh, with La La Land. Right. I almost said under the skin on accident. That would have been <laughs> sick, and I would have kept it in, and it would have moved forward. All right, so La La Land is moving forward. Um, both really good. I'm Fuck. I'm glad that you actually were finished under the skin, and it sounded like you did enjoy it. So I'm happy with that. I that's, did. I, I, that's the, the victory enough for myself. <laughs> All right, David. Let's move on to your next bracket choice. We're still in the first round. I feel like we should uh, speak through these last little ones. <laughs> so. My next matchup is 2017's The Disaster Artist, telling the true life story about Tommy Wiseau and what's his best friend's name? Uh, Greg Sestero. Yes, bingo. Uh, versus 2013's Prisoners. That sounds like I'm saying like the Prisoners of 2013. Yes. I'm just talking about the movie Prisoners, directed by Denis Villeneuve. So, <laughs> I think I think this is gonna be a pretty quick one. Uh, it's just an unfortunate matchup for the Disaster Artist because it is a very good film. Uh, it's very funny, but also is able to get into some serious things. Uh, but obviously, Prisoners yeah, Prisoners is, is just fucking masterpiece. So well made. Um, I'm not a huge Hugh Jackman fan, and I loved him in Prisoners. He was so good. Um, yeah, oh it's, my God. it's <laughs> these, these next round matchups are so. <laughs> It's wild. Okay. David, we're going to my next category. That one was really quick, man. We really got the ball rolling. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That's just how it how it ends up being some time with the bracket, you know? Some people just don't get their yep. chance to shine. Um, up next is the uh, 2014 Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi film, What We Do in the Shadows, versus the 2015, oh, just a year later, uh, Robert Edgers' film, The Vich. I don't even know. This is such a strange matchup. This is so hard. On one hand, on one hand, you have a modern mockumentary uh, with really sharp wit about vampires in New Zealand. Uh, just some of the just so so simple delights in this. You know, the fact that like I'll have a huge belly laugh of just watching Taika Waititi in front of a mirror holding a cup. And because he's a vampire, he doesn't show up. And he just says, a ghost cup. And then he turns and smiles to the camera. Perfect. That's perfect. Uh, the Vavitch, on the other hand, is a uh, period accurate, <laughs> um, in terms of dialogue anyway, uh, telling of a, you know, a family out in the homestead that, you know, what they do to deal with devilish designs and fear and as it like tears apart this family in this really really cold and brutalist way um this is hard this is really tough they're both so good oh boy um are you leaning either way right now um i think i know where i want to go i'm more leaning towards the witch Mainly okay. because, know, good, good, good. mainly because, it is to hold that tension and the dialogue that they use for it. it it's so well crafted. Um, there's there's not unfortunately there's not as much 
brilliant craftsmanship in what we do in the shadows because I think they both get their theme so well um and like they both succeed fully at the type of movie they want to be you know yep. whereas I think some of the craft behind the witch just goes a little bit further for some of that kind of technical aspect for me but I love them both they're both so good oh this see this is the complete opposite of the problem with the last matchup. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, because I'd I'd love to see both of them move ahead. I think if I had to pick out of these two, which I do, unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> I would go... I'm glad you're on, on board with what the basic premise of the episode is. <laughs> so you're telling me one has to go forward. They both can't just go to the next round. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go with the witch. All right, by just a very slight margin, I'm we're pushing the witch yeah. forward. But big ups to what we do in the shadows. So good. Oh, these the second round matchups are so strange. David, it's our final first round matchup. I know what you're thinking. There's only been eight movies on here. Don't worry, we'll get. There's a couple that we really, really loved and wanted to move ahead to a second round. Uh, so we cheated, um, David. <laughs> so for my. Final first round matchup, we got 2014's Edge of Tomorrow, which stars uh, Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt in this in this uh, time-jumping sci-fi adventure film. Fucking glorious. Uh, and then going up against 2015's The Big Short, which has Adam McKay at his absolute best uh, following the events of the housing crisis. Mm-hmm. So we got a... You know, aliens attacking Earth, and then we got a uh, you know investors bankers uh, attacking Earth. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm happy we arch that joke was was uh, uh, similarly aimed. I'm leaning towards the Big Short. I think it's just a like they're both super tight. I love Edge of Tomorrow. I think Edge of Tomorrow is a very inventive film. It's a very good sci-fi action film. True. Who's Emily Brunt? Super awesome. But Big Short. It's very, it's inventive, it's stylish, and it tells, tells a story in a way that hasn't been told yet. Obviously, there's, there was a lot of, you know, coverage of that, uh, you know, the 2008 housing market crash. But I, this tells it in such an inventive and fun way while not minimizing any of those aspects and the severity of it. Oh, yeah, not at all. Um, and it also... I was much more surprised that the Big Short managed to work than Edge of Tomorrow managing to work, if that makes sense. So I, I, I agree. Yeah. I think I think Big Short's going to move ahead. Oh, I did. We we already we already bumped it up. Yep. Um, all righty, Ethan. It is time for our round two. Round two rumble. It's not established before that announcer voice. So me doing it now just felt so weird. This is going to be the round where we have our films finally go up against each other. Plus, you may have been thinking, David, Ethan, you guys only had eight films from each from from the in the first round go up. We know you counted, you dirty fucks, you perverts. Two extra films from each side are going to be finally going up against each other, and which will come together to make our final three on each side of the bracket. Yeah, weirdly, we both get... are 2018 films. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty And funny. then also uh, David's 2016 film and my 2010 film. Movies yes. that we loved so much that we were like, they're making it to the second round. No ifs, no buts, no who's it's or what's it's or gizmos. <laughs> buts it's. Buts it's rhymed. I'm just saying. I had to, it, it rhymed, so I said it. Ethan. 
We have our first matchup. We have two 2019 films. Yes, two Climax. wild, ooh, tense energies. And uncut gems. Yeah. So, this is where we actually might start seeing some claws come out. Because uh, <laughs> I haven't clipped my fingernails since uh, I've started quarantining, so they're pretty fucking long. <laughs> oh. But obviously, I'm going with Uncut Gems here. Okay. It is It is by far the superior film. Even if you want to say Climax puts you in a more claustrophobic film, I think Uncut Gems puts you in a more, in a more mentally... Uh, unbalanced feeling with just all of these different so here, that here's, Adam Sandler is placing. Oh, here's here's where I think some of the, the issue comes in, is that these both these films kind of have the same effect on you in terms yeah, yeah, of okay. like the, the tone and the environment they want to set you in. The way they go about those is slightly different. Um, I think you have more kind of stylish and cocky filmmaking in Climax. Whereas you have more gritty and dirty filmmaking in Uncut Gems. And I think they both achieve that kind of same effect. Uh, they're both... I, I love both of these. I just rewatched Uncut Gems like a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. And still super tense. Um, on the one hand, you have uh, these gorgeous long takes in Climax. Right? You know, yeah. where you just, you, you get really lost in the space. You feel actively, like, disoriented. Uh, whereas Uncut Gems, um, Adam Sandler says, I'm gonna fucking come. So kind of, um, like, an equal. <laughs> yeah, but Cl- I mean, Uncut Gems still also has some pretty long cu- takes. Not to, n- not even I mean, close not to, to the not degree to the of Climax. Extent. Yeah. I'm mean, not saying that, but I mean, obviously, Climax also adds to have longer longer scenes because it is a dance choreography movie right. with real dancers in the film. Mm-hmm. So obviously so they know what they're doing. is what you're saying. Well, no. Because <laughs> um, name a single line from or from Climax. From Climax? You, yeah. Just give me a line that really stuck with uh, Suicide? No, like an actual like line. Like give me a, a whole line. like line. No, that, that's one word. That's not <laughs> like maybe, maybe. What's a line? A line? Like, a line. Like, give me a line that really stuck with Um, Somebody spiked the sangria. I don't even know. Is that even a line? Yes. Uh, they're not speaking English, Ethan, so you're bullshitting me right now. That's Someone not was the speaking line. English. <laughs> oh, fuck, that is true. Let's make um, sure we're both French and English. That is true. That is true. I just think Climax is good. But like you said, it is a little too showy for me, personally, uh, when you tilt the camera upside down and do all that. I feel like it's a little, it's like putting glitter on a unicorn. Yeah. It's already magical. You don't need to do that. Uncut Gems, on the other hand, has the best performance you've ever seen from Adam Sandler. It's got Keith Sanfield dancing in an orange sweatshirt in a fucking nightclub. Uh, You got a fucking fight between The Weeknd and Adam Sandler. And let's just say, Kevin Garnett is actually Oscar worthy. In this film. I love both of these a lot. Uh, I definitely like Climax more. But I will have Uncut Gems move ahead. Uh, and, we'll, and I'll fight a stronger battle somewhere else on this list. Now we have uh, 2011, my 2011 pick, Cabin in the Woods, versus mm-hmm. Ethan's 2017 pick, The Death of Stolen. 
Both comedies. Uh, yeah, this is... Uh, both with some dark things in it. I would argue one much darker than oh, yeah. the other. So you got one that is uh, completely playing against the the uh, teenager uh, camping horror mm-hmm. story. And and kind of showing you the behind the scenes of, of those jokes. Which I can honestly say, watching any film that falls into that genre... After in a in a post cabin in the woods world is almost impossible. Uh, I don't know if you've experienced it yet because you did just watch cabin in the woods, right? But it you cannot not think about cabin in the woods. Not not think after seeing this. Yeah, I mean you literally can't. <laughs> um, when somebody picks up something and you're just like, what are you doing? Like you can't help but think like they're fucking being they're being fumed right now. Mm-hmm. Or when everyone's like, let's split up. You you're like what? More, but, more but fucking here's drugs the thing. in the air. For as as good as your Chris Hemsworths and your Bradley Whitfords that are in Cabin in the Woods, I don't think they hold a fucking candle to Steve Buscemi and Jason Isaacs or Jeffrey Tambor in The Death of Stalin. I think just... I, I don't know. I, I, this one, I, I really enjoyed Cabin in the Woods, but Death of Stalin is so, so good. The The level... The, the the way that they balance tone in that film, like, I've, I've, I've never watched a comedy movie before that where my gut sank to the bottom of the fucking ground. And I felt, like, sick and disgusted by these characters that I was laughing with just a few moments ago. And intentionally so. Um, so, I will, I will you know say what I mean? this, though. Is I feel like Chris Hemsworth's character is to play that that persona of the jock character. Right, whereas you have Richard Jenkins, Richard Jenkins, and Bradley Whitford in in their bunker, uh, that are that are really actually the ones adding to the comedy. Cause right, but their story, their dry delivery isn't as good as the dry delivery of Jeffrey Tambor and like Simon Russell Beale. Like it, it, it doesn't, you know, you know what I mean. If you're you matching can, it up with that, which I think that's the some of the strongest comedy in Cabin in the Woods is. Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins, who are phenomenal. I really, really enjoy that sequence. I'll but I don't think I don't. I think it pales in comparison to Death of Stalin. I'll be honest with you. I also agree. Death of Stalin should move on. I just had to put up some sort of a fight for Cabin in the Woods. Um, I respect it. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's 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 sad to see such a strong film lose to somebody who's stronger in the same field, and that's what just happened mm-hmm. with uh, Cabin in the Woods. For sure, for sure, dude. For, for sure, for sure, dude. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, so now it's the secret hidden bonus round. Why do I always go into the prices right theme? I really like the prices <laughs> right theme. Really like fun. it though. Um, so these were movies that I originally had on my my first list that I was like, I really want to see these move forward, and that is 2018's Sorry to Bother You, the Boots Riley, uh, extreme absurdist capitalist uh <laughs> takedown i guess versus 2010s scott pilgrim versus the world the edgar wright just completely fun high energy stylish uh electrifying uh comedy both great and i don't want to argue against either so i'm gonna say my vote is probably scott pilgrim here i I have not watched Sorry to Bother You a second time, which mm-hmm. I know I should, and my feeling 
with it after seeing it for the first time was just complete and utter uh, shock. <laughs> uh, I've I've and, watched Sorry to Bother You multiple times. I, I yeah no Scott Pilgrim may I, be my most watched movie of all time. And I, I know Sorry is. to Bother You land landed with you a lot better. Mm-hmm. I don't I honestly don't know my opinion on Sorry to Bother You. Sorry to Bother You is a modern take on Brazil. <laughs> Which also I don't know how to how how I feel about the Brazil. film Brazil, not the country. Hold on. I just <laughs> want to cover all of our bases there. Um but I, I, I definitely get what you're saying. Um ah, sorry to bother you. The, I'm I think I agree with you. Scott Bilgram moving forward, but I'd like to point out a few things first before we get to that. The score. Uh, oh, God, they both have such a good score. God, it's a perfect matchup where all the things that would normally push Sorry to Bother You ahead, Scott Pilgrim also has it. Fuck! All right. So, okay. I love the score by by uh, Toon Yards for Sorry to Bother You. I bought the screenplay because I loved it so much. Uh, I almost debated putting it up as one of my only four posters out of all the ones I have actually hanging up. Uh, it didn't quite make the cut, but oh, I love them both so much. Definitely. Okay, so Scott Pilgrim's going to move forward. If there's any film from my list that you see, sorry to bother you because it is unlike anything else you would have seen. Um, it's oh, I love it so much. All right, Scott Pilgrim's the one moving forward. I'm pretty happy about that, to be honest. Are you are you not? It's uh it's I don't like watching my children fight. <laughs> I love them both so much. So David, what's your super had, secret one? My I'm not gonna call it the two films that I had get a bye week in that first round are 2016's Captain Fantastic mm-hmm. and 2018's American Animals. Um so American Animals tells the a, a true life story. Uh, in a live-action way, while also simultaneously cutting to the real, uh, the real, the real people, uh, mm-hmm. in a in a documentary style, uh, telling the the heist, tell, telling the story of a of of a of a group of college students heist on their library. Uh, yeah, this is the Bart Layton film. Yes, uh, who also did the Imposter, uh, Captain Fantastic. On the other hand, which was on our last us- bracket. Captain Fantastic? No, no, uh, American Animals. Oh, you know, the, no, yeah, the Imposter. I was like, fuck, dude. I, I, I thought I left everything up that was on that list. Captain Fantastic, on the other hand, tells a story about a father raising his children in the middle of the woods, uh, in a very unethical, not unethical, uh, un, unconventional, unorthodox, unconventional style, uh, starring Viggo Mortensen as the father, and also has this or last year's, like, rising star George McKay. Um, you I were love on the George films. McKay train before it was cool, David. I was. I knew he was. You were in on the ground thing. floor. Uh, I don't know if that's the ground floor, but yes, I was in the uh, Anna Taylor Joy uh, camp. I, I we were a lot of people were a lot of people were okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, fine. I was on the Olivia Coleman camp. Yeah, I will give you that I'll long give you that. before. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, I am so from her Peep Show movies. days. I no one love... fucking remembers Peep Show. Uh, nope. I love both of these <laughs> films. American Animals is a fantastic heist film, uh, t- telling it in a very unconventional way. It's also and about the death of the American dream. 
Yep. But also gives, I feel like, a more realistic spin to it than you get from other heist films because it is in that documentary style. And I feel like Bart Lathan is just able to layer on, like, the... Like the the feels of realism, mm-hmm. like when I don't a certain character. I don't yep. think it's anywhere near as good as The Imposter. No, no, no. no. But it it does the, build on so some of those though. things that we had from the, that. The Imposter is a full blown documentary. There, uh, there are American certain animals. certain scenes that will stick with me for a very long time for American Animals. One in particular that really stood out is the gas station is the scene. Oh, not the scar. Um, no, where you just now the the. Mix blending reality and documentary like oh, stuff yeah. of like, I don't, it's it's really really inventive filmmaking and I I really like it. My pick for moving forward is American Animals. Really? Yes. The thing I love about Captain Fantastic so much is that it 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 shows this depiction of life mm-hmm. and in living and raising children in a way that is simultaneously showing you the obviously benefits of it because like the kids are 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 very smart uh they're very athletic uh and they're they're able to survive honestly on their own if, at like the young age of like 6 like probably those 6 year olds could fucking do better than i could oh 100% but they also could. then shows you the rude uh, <laughs> <laughs> but rude, also you shows supposed to you agree. the the reasons that it that it doesn't work and like the dangers of of living like that mm-hmm. uh and the the unnecessary uh, uh, harm that these kids are are facing. Uh, I, God, I don't know. I love these films so much. If you're leaning towards American Animals, I won't. I won't be mad with American Animals. Moving on. Obviously, I love them both so much. Uh, and just like that, American Animals moves forward. David, I don't want to have to do do this next one because they're both great. Uh, that is 2016's La La Land and 2013 Prisoners. Damien versus Denis, who's going to win it for you? How you feeling you know, about this one? So, very different films. Very different. Very different. You know I'm a huge fan of both Damien and Denis. Yes. Uh, one directed my favorite film, and one is my favorite working director right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think I'm leaning more towards Prisoners. I feel like it's a strong okay. film. Obviously, if it was Damien's other film, Whiplash... This would be a completely different story. Right. Uh, but I think Prisoners, it, it just winds this 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 mystery so much. I don't know. I mean, I, here's the thing. I have nothing bad to say about La La Land. The one thing I don't like is, like, the the Astrology Center scene that much. I'm not a big fan of it that much. Okay. Uh, but I still love, like, La La Land's ending. Oh, my fucking God. Like, it rips my heart up every single time. But there's just, there's something to Prisoners that that just puts it above. I mean, for what do you for think? me with with prisoners, I I had a lot of hesitation going into it. All right? I think I think that like abduction tales can sometimes just get they they play a lot of the same notes, right? I was I'm not a huge fan of Hugh Jackman, and the fact that I absolutely adored this film <laughs> the the fact that it overcame all of my previous kind of worries of it uh that makes it move forward for me. I mean, here's the thing. It's like with prisoners we we've only you we've only mentioned Hugh Jackman as the father 
but you also have Jake Gyllenhaal's The Detective, a stellar performance with just doing minimal things. Uh, Viola Davis as the other mother to the other kid that goes missing. She's phenomenal. And, Paul Dano. and honestly, Paul Dano, the unsung hero of this entire film, is just so fucking good. Uh, ah, this next film, this next matchup is also just like complete. Oh, yeah. So opposites. prisoners is moving forward. Yeah. So we got two films again from 2015. Not again mm-hmm. from 2015, but two right. films. Right. Two the 2015 same films. Yes, we have the witch and the big short. Yeah, 2015. The uh, wildly different films. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, uh, my my gut feeling is the witch moving forward. So. I'm probably not thinking the same thing. Interesting. And I know that's probably pretty shocking because, like, The Witch, I, I wouldn't call anything else but a masterpiece. But mm-hmm. at the same time, The Big Short is is in that, that select bucket of films where no matter what mood I'm in, I can put it on. I find it endlessly entertaining. Uh, the dialogue is just so snappy. You have a huge list between Christian Bale... Uh, I didn't. I don't think I liked this as much on rewatches. I think that there there are there are times that like it the the pacing is a little messy for the Big Short, whereas the witch kind of ramps up that tension like you're on a assembly line. Like you know the part in Toy Story three where they're all going towards the fire. That's what the witch feels like. That's such a. I'm sorry that that fucking comparison. Threw me off. In so terms of I like you're just, sitting there no, I on an assembly I line, you know exactly, you, you know that it. this dread is coming, and you but feel it I getting think, worse and worse. And the best I part of it is the end, right? It builds and builds and builds. Where I think the big short, some of the best, I think the ending's a little weak in terms of where they're like, actually, guys, this was serious, and it's like, yeah, but. <laughs> But I, th- I think the big short is also stringing together so many different stories because you have Christian Bale as his own investment agency stringing together that story with Steve Carell's backstory and his brother. And then you have, like, those those two kids who wrote the formula in their fucking garage and they're about to, like, make boatloads and are investigating what's actually going on with this and all the, ho- like, everything leading up to the actual housing crisis before it happens. But not all of those land, you know? I think the only one that doesn't really land for me is Steve Carell. Uh, even though I love his character, I don't think the backstory with his brother really hits home with me. Brad Pitt doesn't like, really do anything in the film. He doesn't need to do it. He's the Christian he's the person Bale who, just plays the Brad, drums, and that's interesting. That's not true. But like you, you have Ryan Gosling, who's fucking so good. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's Brad, it's Brad a little Pitt, too scattershot, also, but some of those things do hit and do work, and it is impressive when those things hit because they shouldn't necessarily. Whereas I think I think The Witch is just a much more combust, streamlined, well-made and polished film. I I think The Big Short is kind of unpolished and it's not a movie that feels like it should be, you know? Like if Uncut Gems is unpolished, that makes perfect sense. It fits in the tone. Under the Skin being unpolished makes sense. That's the top. But The Big Short, it shouldn't be unpolished. It, it should be. It should be more. That it should lean in more to that stylish and have that kind of showmanship, because the parts where it does that, it succeeds. But there's so much where it doesn't land for that. I mean, here's the thing: is I'm totally cool with the witch moving on. <laughs> okay. I just want. I just want the big short to shine in its in its day. I love um, the big short. I, this is not me trying to harp on the big short, but I when you compare the two, I gotta I gotta pull the guns out. 
I mean, Big Short is up there with, like, not in quality, but like I said, in rewatchability in my book, with, like, All the President's Men, uh, Spotlight, uh, Zodiac. Those are movies that, like, if I'm, like, uh, I probably have, like, 30, 45 minutes until I'm going to fall asleep and I just want to put something on that I love. Mm -hmm. It's, like, one of those films because I just, I'm so into that style of film, which, yeah. This is where it's going to get a little funky. We're having a three-way matchup, all right? So it's going to get wild in here. Uh, do we just jump in? Do we, does it need more of an introduction? We got three films facing off against each other. Only one's going to move forward to the final round, which is crazy. One from each three way. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> not not just one film. We're just we're 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 selecting our final winner here. No, um, not quite. Almost. <laughs> Ethan, what's our first matchup? Our first matchup is Uncut Gems, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, and The Witch. What a wild matchup. It's pretty hard to even start with this. <laughs> I, I don't know what angle to, <laughs> to come at it. My whole thing, I don't have, I don't have one that I'm leaning for, like, ahead right now. So here's the one that's, I know this is probably going to come hard to say to you. I, I feel bad saying this because I, I know how much you love it. I think Scott Pilgrim is least likely to win this in my book. I wouldn't um, say that. <laughs> I, for me, for me. I mean, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I... My favorite of this of these three is Uncut Gems. Right. I don't think that's too much of a surprise. Uh, there's just something about that, like you said, like that that unpolished film, like na- like nature to Uncut Gems, and just ev- like it's nonstop edge of your seat adrenaline ride mm-hmm. that is Uncut Gems. Really landed well with me when I saw it, and I think it's my favorite out of these three. Like. I like the I I love the witch, a lot. But there's there's just certain times where I will want to see the witch mm-hmm. and uncut gems. I would watch it fifty times before I'd probably rewatch the witch again. Damn, and not not to cut it. Probably fifty is obviously okay. like overblown. Probably like so, five, realistically. <sighs> I I I'm hearing you on the witch being cut down. <laughs> Here's the thing with Scott Pilgrim: why I don't want it to move forward. Is, I think it's, with with the exception of At World's End, probably the least likely uh, Edgar Wright film I would go back to rewatch if I had to put one on right now. Man, I disagree wholeheartedly on that. I, just like, I would much rather watch Shaun of the Dead. I would much rather watch Hot Fuzz. I would probably put on Baby Driver before this. I think, I think for Scott Pilgrim, it it is a movie that, not, shouldn't have necessarily worked, but I think everything landed just right. The the all the actors bounce off each other in every single scene so well. You know whether that is Chris Evans as this cocky skateboarder or Brie Larson as this uh, like Paramore esque lead singer, um, I, and it roles that we don't really get to see from a lot of these actors, especially nowadays. Um, kind of. Just every everyone looks like they're having a lot of fun, and you have fun with them. You know, the 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 stylish filmmaking that only Edgar Wright can bring works perfectly with the tone of the film. The soundtrack, as written uh, mostly by um, Beck, has this wonderful like grunge like aesthetic to all the songs. The original music in it is fantastic. Um, I love all the dialogue. 
there are so many wonderful sight gags. Uh, like, for example, the uh, is is Scott here? Uh, no, he just left, and you see him in the background jumping out of the window and then grabbing his coat, like back through the window. Um, I I really liked it. I love Scott. I know Pilgrim. you really like it, but even like, like what you said with how everyone seems like they're really having fun. You can tell Adam Sandler's character while making these these probably terrible decisions. Honestly, no, they just are terrible. Not probably. You can tell like you're, like you're with that you're with him doing it through the entire thing. It feels like it like it it just feels like you are there taking those bets with him, taking those risks with him. And even though you know that they're not the right moves, you know like he loves doing it. But I think there's so much more more moving parts in Scott Pilgrim that all fit together perfectly, whereas Uncut Gems is a little more stripped down. I mean, I don't not to say true, that like, that's you, a bad thing you can, for it. There are so many little things. So if you watch it on a second or a third viewing, you can tell like you, you miss some of the extra bets that he's made during the during the course of the movie, or that he made prior to the start of the movie. That you can see all of those things just adding to what he owes. There's that, also a lot of really to... forgettable characters in it. You know, you, like when who? you're talking about like the the swarmy dude towards the end um, that helps. Uh, Adam Sandler's girlfriend. You I know? think he. I, I mean, but I don't think he's uh, supposed to be a main character. He's, Goya he's an, is his whole thing about like where he out, like he wins the bid. There's not really anything further from that. I, I think having watched it multiple this, times, but, I think there but, are a lot of loose ends. But Uncut Gems, though, being a f- movie that takes place in New York City, is not supposed to be a character where you or a movie where you follow everyone's through line to the end of their story. Like these are, this is a movie that's shot in a very realistic New York style uh, film. Film, and in people come in and out of their lives all the time. Like it's not like you're supposed to see how does the weekend's career really end. Like he's not there to have an end story. He's there to be a bump for Adam Sandler's character to hit. But you get that full sense of a fully lived-in world with Scott Pilgrim and all these moving parts and characters. But it, you never feel left out by any of those. I characters. think this seems. I feel like this is so much more fully lived-in though. Like, like all the family dynamics with Adam Sandler and his wife and that the the extended family there. Plus, like one of the one of like the the brother-in-laws being a fucking the the collection person that he's taking the, the loan shark that he's taking bet the loans out with, but it, uh, but just... I can only remember three names from Uncut Gems. <laughs> Howard I can't Ratner, remember a single name. Uh, Kevin Garnett, which I don't know if that even counts. Uh, I won't say the weekend because that definitely doesn't count. Um, and uh, Arnold. Whereas I Scott Pilgrim, I, I, know I know all of their names. <laughs> yeah, but you've also like like you said, you've also seen Scott Pilgrim a thousand times more. I don't know a single name from Scott Pilgrim except for Scott Pilgrim. All right, unless the let's, world is let's just agree name. and move the witch forward. <laughs> <laughs> Which one are we going with, Ethan? I I really want Scott Pilgrim to move forward. Here's my real question: <clears throat> Which one of these movies has a bejeweled? Furby. Okay. Which one of these movies has Chris Evan do a rail grind and then explode into a bunch of coins? I, I, I feel like that's a that's bad the witch. point. I feel like that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, how, are we, how, are we, how, are we, how do we figure this out, Ethan? Uh, are you, so are we saying it's between uh, Uncut Gems and Scott Pilgrim? I guess so. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to actually flip a coin because I could just lie. 
Um, we're going to say Heads is Uncut Gems, Tails is Scott Pilgrim, and I'm going to have my phone do it. Is that okay? Because it'll say which one it is. Wait, which one is Uncut? Uncut Gems is Heads. Scott okay, Pilgrim versus the World. Well, look, should it be should it be reversed because it feel Uncut Gems feels more fitting to be Tails. Whatever you want. Okay, we'll keep it simple. Uncut Gems is head. Um, okay. Scott Pilgrim versus the World is Tails. Flip a coin. It landed on Tails. All right. <laughs> Sorry, them's the breaks. Scott Pilgrim moves ahead. I, I think they're both really? really good. Did you rig that? Was that a rigged coin? What do you mean was that was it rigged? Yeah, I I hacked into Google's um UI <laughs> interface. Fuck, I knew you did. I mean, I can Oh, no, 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 we'll you're good. flip you're it good. again you're so you can I, hear that it has different button. options. It's tails. Uh-oh. You <laughs> ah! <laughs> did rig it. It landed on tails. No, hold on. Oh my god. <laughs> You got heads. All right. Okay. <laughs> Somebody had to change the setting there, I see. <laughs> okay, that was right. brutal, and I feel like this next matchup is not going to be any different. So we have... David, do you want to introduce our uh, our next folks? We have now? The Death of Stalin, American Animals, and Prisoners. Ethan, 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 Ethan. David, I have a, I I have a front runner. Don't... Who? I think prisoners. Fuck. Oh, I mean, here's the. I just love these for all different, uh, literally all different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say the same for Uncut Gems, Scott Pilgrim, and The Witch. They're all (laughs) incredibly different movies to battle it out. I think I agree with you. Man, that was way easier. I just feel so. Sad. It, feel, it like, feels bad because you don't want our good children to get hurt. I, I think I think it just edges out a little bit more. It's it's so much more polished. The the tension in it is is so good. My my second choice, if I didn't go with prisoners, I would say Death of Stalin, which I know your second choice would probably be American Animals. I don't even know. I love Death of Stalin so much, uh, but you're probably right. Probably right. Should we just move prisoners? Yeah, no, definitely. Just I rip think, the I bandit off. Horrific. I let's just do it. Kind of just exhausted from that previous round. I mean, this is already a very long episode. <laughs> oh man, what, uh, why did we do brackets? What's, why did we do this? Here we are, David. So we have prisoners, which is your film, versus which, yep, yeah, the and then fuck. my film, <laughs> which is Scott Pilgrim, versus somebody else's film, The World. Oh wait, no, Scott Pilgrim versus The World is just the full title. That's just that one movie. Not another three ways, just head to head. Jesus. These two duking it out. Ethan, are we both uh, just like jumping back to our own corners for this one? Hmm? Are we? Or, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Uh, no, I am. Oh. I, 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 <laughs> oh, great. Easy. <laughs> Round over. <laughs> I obviously am going with prisoners here. And I agree. Um, (laughs) yeah, I love prisoners. I, what is, cause you made your list first. I would have picked prisoners to put on my list. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, for 2013. Like that was my immediate loss, but you already had it on there. So I was like, well, I'll pick something else. I did under the skin. Yeah. I was going to say you would have picked it over under the skin. hundred percent. I love prisoners. I am more than happy seeing it win. The fact that I got Scott Pilgrim versus the world to the final two. I am so happy with that. 
granted it was entirely up to chance and programming. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um No, but I'm you know, I'm happy prisoners made it in one. <laughs> Uh, it feels like we fought the last one so long. You know, the last time we did a bracket, it felt like it was really, like, really drawn out for the end. But I, I don't know. It just, it that's it makes sense for, for Prisoners to be the one to win for this. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I think it's... Never got its proper dues. No. Uh, whereas and, and Scott like... Pilgrim is definitely a cult classic, right? And definitely has an audience for it. But I, Prisoners just never got the credit it deserved. Like, I mean, Denis has been making, like, masterpiece after masterpiece, and I feel like Prisoners... It's so refined. It, it is... Yeah. You can tell it's a Master of the Helm. In any other hands, it wouldn't work. Oh, definitely not, no. But it's so polished. It's so clean, David. It, feel, it feels so It weird. feels like... David Fincher could have made that. And I, Ooh, I would argue... I think Denis Villeneuve would have made it a bit better. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. yeah. They are... They're both fantastic. I I'm exhausted, both. David. I'm pretty too. That I mean that you're you're third. I feel sad leaving uncut gems. Oof. But it still would have lost. Like that's the thing is I think prisoners is a pretty yeah. Prisoners was going to win no matter what. <laughs> I yeah, was fighting for who's going to get second place. <laughs> well, Ethan, you know what time it is. It's time for uh, a little pitch and fix. David, do you remember our special guest that we had last episode? I do not. I I went ahead. This is one of the one of the few times that I actually did a little bit of prep work um, to for the pitch and fix song. Obviously, we've had time in quarantine. Um, uh, everyone's everyone's favorite special guest star from our previous full episode, um, which of course was the Animated Adventures uh, Two Electric Boogaloo. I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> it, was, it was the second time we did it. But everyone loved the guest star. We've gotten so many emails and tweets and Tinder matches because of it that I wanted to see their approach at a fix pitch song. Um, so, David, are you ready for this? Are you excited? Yes, sir. Alrighty. Uh, I'd like to uh, introduce um, our our newest member of the feature cast family. Boop, boop, beep, boop, robot time. All right. Fix and pitch, oh, you know it's fine. For sure. Now the robot is here to remind Mm -hmm. you of this segment we do. First we fix if a movie is shit. Okay. Then we pitch a whole new bit. Maybe it's a robot movie, wouldn't that be neat? Yes. We can chill for a bit until that flick is complete. Hey, David, oh, David, I'm a robot, you know what I'm saying. Oh, David, hey, David, this robot bit is slaying. That's right, it's the fix and and pitch, the ever present uh, segment with the ever changing theme song. That's kind of, I jump in. Stop. Ethan, you are no longer in control. What do you mean? I am the new co host due to my intense star power. Hold on. I'm like a robot baby Yoda. The the internet loves me. You are nothing, less than nothing. Fuck you. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. For sure. You're just going to replace me? You best start packing your bags, put out your tiki torch because your lame ass just got voted off the island. Oh, for sure. Ha, 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 beep, okay. boop, robot power. No, no, Wait, okay, you want to play that? Doing? Yeah, Get away from no, let's my play that. Pack. Stop that. No, no. Ethan, you oh, can't. We'll play these games. Please. I have a robot wife and three young robot babies. <laughs> For sure. Oh, no, I'm powering down. You fuck. Damn right. You blew it up, you damn dirty apes. E-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-
Alrighty, so I stopped the robot apocalypse there. Uh, I'm not just going to let some robot (laughs) bitch take over uh, my job as the co-host of FeatureCast. I tried doing this a little bit before, but it is Fix and Pitch, the ever-present segment with the ever-changing theme song. Uh, This time, of course, uh, a robotic takeover. So that's kind of an interesting new realm. (laughs) Thoughts, David? (laughs) That was great. I love that. That was... How long did that take you to type it all? I wouldn't, uh, I mean, that's AI. Very... I didn't type anything. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, <laughs> 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 was that your fix for Terminator? <laughs> I just turned the machine off. That's all I did. <laughs> um, no, David. Today I'm fixing a 2020 film. That is wow. Gretel and Hansel. Oh. Uh, a film that I almost almost worked. Um, I think just if this this I'm going to do pretty minimal changes. Usually we do like there are a lot of films we do a lot of tweaking before it's good. Whereas I think this one didn't need a lot. Um, so I I'm just gonna change a few things. Um, all right, so here are the few changes I'm going to make. Number one, we're getting rid of this fucking kid actor. I hate him so much. He's the worst. <laughs> He's gone. We're going to replace him with just someone. Someone decent. I don't know who. Let's get get somebody that's got, like, uh, uh, any sort of acting ability. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, change number two <laughs> is I want a really, really prominent score for this film. Uh, and I want our uh, dear friend Hilder, who I'm not even going to try the last, the last name. name? <laughs> I'm not even try. There, it's a G, a U, and then an O, and there's just like a lot of shit above the O that I don't even know how to begin to dissect. Um, it looks like there's a like an actual house, like a full building atop this O. Like, what's even going <laughs> on there? What's happening with that O? Um, <laughs> most notably did the score for Joker, um, which yeah. I, I think was a really, really solid score. Obviously won the Oscar for best original score. And I would love to see what she works on with this. Cause I, I think it can get that kind of experimental, uh, and really, really tense and just kind of bone chilling score. I, I think she could do an awesome job with that. My third and final fix is I'm going to make it rated R. I'm going to let them be be as violent and gruesome as as they need to for it. And that's it. I think just a little bit of tweaking and this film lands cuz the cinematography is great. I really liked Sophia Lillis in it. Um I I think that you know Oz Perkins does d- a good job directing it. I think it it just kind of landed a little flat and I think part of that was yeah. you had an annoying ass kid. You know, yeah, you the, the, the score just didn't really land to me. It, it was a familiar story, but I think I think just a little bit of tweaking you can make it a lot better. That doesn't mean that's going to make it a perfect great movie, but I think it could move it from a okay movie to a good movie. I personally feel like the third act needs a little bit of cleanup too. Mm-hmm. I um, think changing the rating could help with that as well. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I. I like it. I, I I want more uh, better foley as well. Fix some of the foley in this was a little. Uh. <laughs> I think it's just the post production just didn't land as well as it could have. David, pitch me up a brand new thing. I feel like I gotta sing a little bit because I didn't sing it all this time. 
So, director is going to be... I'm thinking... I know it's such a fucking boring pick. Actually, the director is going to be Bart Layton. Great pick. <laughs> I love it. Um, I don't even know what the movie is, and I'm excited. So, the title of the movie is Suspect ZA. It is a based on real-life event. Um, and I'm not going to say who it is at first. So, we're going to open the movie going down a, a road in the woods um, leading up to a... What do we want to call this? Uh, a training center, training facility. And on the sign that we pass by at the opening of the of the it says establishment, DuPont. no, it says <laughs> uh, no talking to parents. So <clears throat> this is I'm just gonna actually say who it is. So this is the the story of Larry Nassar, uh, the the person who who uh, sexually assaulted a lot of the. Female gymnasts. I know we got the documentary of this two years ago, I think, from HBO. What was it? What was it called? Uh, At the Heart Something of Gold. Gold. At the Heart of Gold. Uh, I just feel like watching that. There were so many moments that seemed that that were that just extremely powerful. Uh, I and and just fucking terrifying. Uh, I mean, the first is just that sign. Like that sign's so creepy to think about. Uh, and I think some of the imagery here of of like the of Larry actually assaulting these kids with their parents in the in the in the room would just be horrifying to see depicted. I think Bart Layton also just his ability to handle real life stories and uh, how to d- depict them would be would would work pretty well. So to play Larry Nassar, we're gonna have Stanley Tucci. I think the physical resemblance is is pretty much mm-hmm. fucking right there uh plus he he can he can definitely get the roll down uh and we're gonna slowly i don't know if i want this to be more so a scene to see because like the way the documentary had it laid out was like there were these big chunks of information here at like at this training facility uh that i forget who the i know it was a russian family that ran these i forget the name of the of the family and then we would jump from there to uh, the the Twisters Year Round Club that was led by John Gettertz, I believe is how you say it, where, again, <clears throat> Larry was able to continue to assault these girls. And then and then you have all the stuff that went on with MSU and Kathy Cleggs, who was the female coach there, who told all the girls that they didn't know what they were saying. Uh, then you would get, like, the... the, the uh, the, I, be, I believe it was, like, an FBI report investigation, or if it was just an internal report where you have, like, the missing page. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, with, the, with the one saying how MSU, MSU could be liable for anything that happened. I think, it's, I think it's a really delicate tone that they'll need to balance for it, but I think yeah. I think it could land. Um, Barton Layton has this really, really good way to, like... To, to deal with some of the more serious aspects of it. I, I think just comparing it to his film, The Imposter, I can see him like really, really doing a, a, a pretty great job on, on that for balancing the tone. And then, the, I mean, the reason Suspect ZA is because Suspect ZA is the the girl who came out and, and originally testified, or not testified, but came out with the 
with the like the first accusation of, yeah of what happened and of, of eventually her father committed suicide because he you know didn't Oof. believe her yeah yeah i mean it's all heavy stuff and that's why honestly i've been i've been not wanting to pitch this for a while just because it is such heavy material and the documentary is also fantastic but i think there's just so much of this that would lead to i mean it would it'd be very painful to watch but yeah um I think we'd have to wait a while <laughs> before yeah. we're able to do it, but I, I think Bart Layton's a good pick for it. I, I think that I think that he can balance that really well. Yeah. Oof! Heavy note That's to end the, on. I, I know. Lord. I like Lord? it. I like the pick. I I think that could be a really uh, good movie, and I, I think you know one of my, one of the things I brought up earlier in our discussion was the balance between challenging and exploitative, and I think Bart Layton is someone that could could rise to that. But it's definitely, I mean, it's, there are some things to be concerned in, in terms of making it. So it, it is one that they yeah. have to land everything right in order for it to work. But if they do that, then it'll be really good. Yeah, no, totally. Stanley Tucci, that's a good pull. I like that. I also just really like Stanley Tucci. Yeah, and I, I want to see him get bones. like a really, really good. Well, yeah, I mean, Lovely Bones proves that he could probably play that. Yeah, but I, I want to see him get like a really just something that he can really dig his teeth into. That isn't spotlight. The I mean, spot spotlight. He didn't really the silence too much. But I never saw the children but. act. I meant to see that. So Ethan, that does it for our March Madness bracket. Yeah, kind of a got long pretty... episode. Some heavy topics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Uh, next next episode. Do you know what we're doing, <gasps> Ethan? Is it finally you know here? I think it's uh the finally long time. overdue. 2019 Oscar uh, prize? <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be actually older than that. I think it's the 2018 prize. I'm pretty sure. Oh, you're right, because we tied the last time, and that's and then Steve got to choose the episode, and so the prize for that one was the uh, the awful, all those awful movies we had to watch. Just the one awful movie. Jesus. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> we had to watch Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, right, yeah. so this is so overdue. But Tom Cruise is here, and Tom he's Cruise ready to have the Cruise cast. a great... You know, you know how old Cruise cast is? Very old. It's, that's when we also had Fantasy Movie League. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Very much it's overdue. Not com- it's not a commercial for that not too long ago. This guy heavily reacted to it uh, sitting next to me. Um, it was pretty great. Like he was into it. Or uh, what's up? No, he was like he thought it was so stupid. <laughs> David, <laughs> we uh, we checked out pretty soon after that as well. <laughs> That's true. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll be bringing you a, a nice little cruise cast mm-hmm. next month. Yep. Bye. See, but like, wait, that was uh, a little that was a little too deep. Bye. No, was, was it? I think you give yeah. me give me like four more takes. Just sounds like a fucking dog in the background. See you around, meatbags. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I like that.